My name is Debbie Kamal Bell. My latest book is called Do the Work, an anti-racist activity book, and I wrote it with my friend Kate Schatz. Following the momentum of the historic 2020 protests for racial justice after the murder of George Floyd, comedian W. Kamal Bell and author Kate Schatz were called to continue the work of anti-racism. The resulting project is a workbook for adults titled Do the Work, an anti-racist activity book. The two were inspired by the illustrations and activities in Highlights magazine, and the resulting book pairs humorous and colorful illustrations with some surprising and somber lessons on the history of racism in the United States and the ways it has seeped into our current society. I recently spoke with W. Kamau Bell about his friendship with Kate Schatz and the importance of doing the work. I'm Beth Golay, this is Marginalia, and here's our conversation. So Do the Work is 160 pages of intense activities. I mean, they're colorful, but intense. So how do we describe it to our radio audience? Do you have like an elevator pitch for this book? Sure. So if you're a parent or anybody who ever has taken a kid to a dentist's office and you've seen a copy of Highlights Magazine, you go, ooh, Highlights Magazine, and you pick it up and you flip through it and suddenly you're transported back to being a kid. This is Highlights Magazine, but for anti-racism. The book, as you mentioned, it's a collaboration between yourself and Kate Schatz. So how did you two become friends and co-authors and how did this book come to be? Well, we both live in the East Bay of California. You know, she's an author celebrated for her book, Rad American Women A to Z, and I'm whatever I am, comedian, TV guy, director, <laughs> like, I have a lot of gigs. And so in the Oakland area, it's just the people who are doing that work. It's a small town vibe here. So we all know each other. And so I knew of Kate's work. So actually somebody who worked in United Shades, his sister-in-law was Miriam Klein-Stahl, who did the art in Kate's in their book, uh, Rad American Women A to Z. So one day in my backyard in Berkeley, Miriam showed up with this book of Rad American Women A to Z. Kate and had an organization called Solidarity Sundays that was about getting people spurred to action around voting and elections. I went to a meeting with my wife, me and Kate met. Kate had seen me do stand-up comedy before through the years of being in the Bay Area. So we were just sort of in the same sort of social circle and activist circle. And in 2020, after George Floyd was murdered on TV by the Minneapolis police and after America had its racial reckoning and me and Kate were like both watching that happen and realizing we saw those anti-racism books go to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. But we were like, after people read those books or maybe they don't even read them, they just buy them because they make them feel better. Will they be spurred to do the work? And I think we saw a lot of people do things like turn their Instagram squares black for anti-racism, but they weren't doing anything for anti-racism. Or even now, as my friend Jelani Cobb says, people think they're buying Juneteenth ice cream from Walmart is anti-racism work. And so we were like, we see the energy out there. We want to try to harness it in this moment and actually get people to actually know what doing the work to make America anti-racist actually is. You know, you uh, you mentioned people buying books and, and you have a list of books in this and mm-hmm. um, do the work. Uh, there are 62 books I counted on page 152. Oh, wow. And and, you know, you did the work. <laughs> well, I didn't. You know, you call out in the book, you know, being called racist does not compare with experiencing racism and the fear of messing up should never stop us from doing the work. And that's what resonated with me, the, the fear of messing up, of not knowing where to begin. And and I was I was pulled toward that list of reading because reading is my thing. I mean, I interview authors, but you know, then I'm looking at that, that list of books that you provided about race, racism, white supremacy, American history. And, and once again, I'm faced with where to begin, but 
we just have to begin, yes, right? Begin. It's, I mean, I think it's, it's sort of the reason why uh, when people walk into a gym, they get overwhelmed by all the equipment. <laughs> and what it takes is somebody to go, start here, do this 15 times, then go over there and you go, okay, all right. And this book is trying to do that for people. We're trying to be your personal anti-racism trainer <laughs> through this book. So that I think for people who even open up the book and are overwhelmed, just start at page one. Just start at page one. We The book is written for you, the person who's like, I'm overwhelmed. We, we know that. <laughs> We've met you. We see you. We are you sometimes. Start at page one. Now, for some folks, it's also set up in a way that because we have 15 different artists who did the art, it's very dynamic in the way you look in the book. So if you're not the person who wants to start at page one, just flip through the book and go to what attracts your eye. Uh, we're very proud of the fact that the book was designed by a Black woman named Diane Holton, and she recruited over 15 black, indigenous, a Asian, uh, Latin, Latinx artists of color to do the work in the book. So that's why the art looks very dynamic. And also it's important on a very basic level that the people getting paid to do this book are the people who are most invested in this book. You know, you mentioned um, something earlier about how you met Kate and you were talking about um, voter voting rights and elections. And, and there was something, I was struck by this question if a vacancy occurs in the U.S. Senate, the state must hold an election, but meanwhile, the place may be filled by a temporary appointment made by whom? And if you didn't know this, you know, this was one of 68 questions from the state of Alabama's literacy test in 1965, and if you missed more than seven, your right to vote would be denied. And, you know, we might think that this is in the past, but can we talk about some of the dangers of voter suppression happening today? Yeah, so that was called, they call that a, like the Alabama literacy test. And the way it's set up in the book is that you, we just at the beginning of every section, there's like a quiz to sort of get you started with where we're headed. And we don't tell you what it is primarily. It's just like, just, hey, just take this quiz. And then you go, wow, these questions are hard. I don't know the answers to all these questions. Wait, they gave this to people before they voted and they get in and they specifically gave them to black folks before they voted because we were allegedly wanting to know you could read before you as if you need to read to vote. So the idea being that like that this was a way to stop black folks from voting. Now, those tests are illegal, but certainly racist, often GOP led districts will do things to limit the number of polling places. So literally polling places, I think it was in Travis County, like the place to go drop off your ballot was way far away from the urban environments as a way to sort of discourage people from voting, specifically in Texas, Latino folks. So the idea being that like, there are all sorts of ways that you can only vote, you know, think about the fact that you can only vote usually during work hours, when a lot of people who can't leave their job to go vote. So the idea being that like there are ways in which forces in this country are operating to make sure that voting is harder and this is the part i think is key if you look at other countries voting is much easier in australia it's illegal to not vote now people go that's the blah, blah, blah. but it's just like a, it's like a traffic ticket so why wouldn't you just vote also they make it easier for you to vote a lot of places voting day is a paid holidays so you have the day off of work a lot of places voting is over the courses of several days like a three-day weekend now in california where i live we have you can sign up for mail-in voting or you can sign up for absentee voting permanent so but that's not the case in many states so the idea being that like if your state is restricting access to voting it is usually going to hurt people of color black folks indigenous folks the most because we're the ones they're targeting in those restrictions you know i i mentioned before we got started i'm currently at a public media conference right now and you know one of the sessions i attended yesterday reminded me of an illustration in the book and it was created by the red cross and it showed kids mm -hmm you know, who were doing right and doing wrong in a swimming pool. And all of the kids who were doing, you know, quote unquote, wrong things were people of color. Mm -hmm. And one of the sessions I attended yesterday was about, you know, 
choosing even like especially with stock photos choosing okay how are you determining who is being represented in this photo and who is in front and who is like the whole pyramid of of Mm -hmm. the power struggle but then it seems like so many of our sessions this week are about diversity and about representation and I'm wondering, why do you think this, this effort, this education is finally happening now? Do you, what do you think was the turning point? Uh, black folks and um, people of color getting in positions of authority to actually make, to force the hand here. So I think the idea being that like, you know, and I, I've seen this change in my time. Like I've been really, really in show business for 10 years as far as like making a, like in actively and like making television. And I've seen in my time where I would be in meetings talking about diversity and I was the only diverse person in the room. And I've seen that shift to where, oh, they brought another black person to this meeting. Oh, there's another, so that I'm not the only one in this. And I've, and then I've actually worked hard on my side of things to have produce productions that I'm in charge of where we are employing overwhelmingly people of color and black folks, just because that's the way I want to do it. And I want to make sure we're giving opportunities to people. So the idea being that like, it is only because there are more of us in positions of authority or more of us who are willing to lose our jobs over it that these discussions are happening. Like I put myself in the position where I was like, I will not do this unless we change the hiring practices. So I think that's what happens is that there are more of us who are willing to, as we have to do, especially as black folks in this country, put ourselves on the line for the advancement of our people. In the book, you know, it stated, this book is for white people. But, you know, what is your overall hope that readers will take away from the book, you know, white or otherwise? Like like any artist, like any artist who does political work, whether it's uh, Public Enemy and Chuck D or U2 and Bono or Rage Against the Machine, you hope that the art changes the world and eliminates the problem. So I hope this book leads to anti-racism dawning in this country as the de facto way of being. Having said that, I hope it at least makes people's conversations about this smarter, the people who do this. And I actually hope it does lead to people to understand that being anti-racist is something you have to do every day or regularly, and you might have to put it in your Google calendar. It is not something you do once and hope that it takes effect. Well, W. Kamau Bell, the the book is Do the Work, an anti-racist activity book. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That was W. Kamau Bell, co-author with Kate Schatz of Do the Work, an anti-racist activity book, which was published by Workman. Thanks for joining us for Marginalia. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review. Marginalia was produced at KMUW Wichita. Our engineers are Mark Statzer and Torin Anderson. Our editor is Luann Stevens. Our producer is Haley Krausen, and our marketing assistant is Carly Cooper. This is Marginalia, and for KMUW, I'm Beth Golay.